0: Women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Ah, Guten Erev Shabbos. And what a wonderful week this has been. And what a wonderful Shabbos this is. And the days here are getting longer. We're going to light our candles, please God, at the very interesting number of 611. And after 611, from next week, it's 615 for the next couple of months. So we have summer. But we also have... Incredible, incredible narratives in the Parsha, in the Torah reading. And essentially, Torah, from the word guidance, Torah, which is called the Torah of life, the Torah of light, the Torah of truth, is there to tell us who we are and what we're doing or should be doing or could be doing to achieve incredible happiness and fulfillment. The previous Rebbe quoted his father, who said that the first portion, Breshit, Breshis, is a very happy week. God created the world. Even though the ending's not so pleasant, because Hashem, God, had decided to bring the flood. The second week, Noach, Noah, last week, is the flood. Not so happy. But it ends on a happy note. The birth of our patriarch, Abraham. Avraham Avinu was born at the end of last week's Parsha. But the truly happy week, der Emer Freilicher Vog is Lechlacha the Parsha we have this week. He says, because every day we live with Avraham Avinu. We live with our father, Abraham, who devoted his entire life to Mesiras Nefesh. What is Mesiras Nefesh? Mesiras Nefesh is to give over, limsoh, to give over your, not your soul, your inner desire. God forbid sometimes, Mesiraz Nefesh meant martyrdom. I would rather die than change what I believe in. I would rather die than deny who I am. And so many Yidden have done that. Our history is absolutely filled with the blood, the martyrdom of countless men and women who have said, it's not even a choice. I am who I am. No matter what you're going to insist on, I can only be who I am. So if it means that the choice is live or die, there's no choice because I cannot live a lie. But the chiddusha, the inner interpretation of mesiras nefesh, is mesiras haratzim, giving over your will to a higher will. And the amazing thing is, says the previous rebbe in the name of his father, that not only is this der emeser freilchervoch, the truly joyous week, because every day we live with. Avraham of Vinu, everything we read is about Abraham and Sarah, their challenges, their connection to Hashem, the beginning, before the beginnings, the foundations of our nation. But indeed, because they are called parents and only three are called fathers, four are called mothers, Previous Rebbe's father said not only did they have this Mesiraz Nefesh, this dedication to something higher, but that they bequeathed it as an inheritance to all their children after them. They gave it over as a Yerusha. Each one of us has the ability for Mesiraz Nefesh, not because we're weak, but because we're strong, Not because we don't stand for anything, and therefore, we can be pushed around. In truth, everybody wants to live. But there are two kinds of life. In this world, a life of truth, or God forbid to live a lie. Which translates as, living a lie is temporary. Temporary. Living the truth is eternal life. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm so delighted to be with you today because what a time we're living in. Not only do we have the newness of beginning the Torah from the beginning and creation and promise, But we have the benefits of living after the flood, where we have more ability to change the world. But now, now we are involved. It has been launched. This is the beginning of our family. Because the question we have to ask ourselves in who am I, we need to say, Where do I come from? Who was my father? Each one of us knows that we carry the DNA of our ancestors. Collective. Those who've been blessed to have a child. Look at the child and say, My child looks like... Oh, look! He looks like his grandfather. Next day, now I see how he looks like my brother. Look how he speaks... Isn't that just like my sister? We carry the most incredible DNA, biology, micro, incredible, incredible structures. And we are the result of generations and generations. That's our inheritance, our physical inheritance. Generations of people who lived, who hoped, who dreamed, who suffered, who were triumphant. We look at ourselves, our children, perhaps our grandchildren, and we see a thread. We look back at our mothers, our grandmothers, our fathers, our great-grandfathers, our uncles. We didn't just get here. I had the privilege the other night to be at Hyde Park Corner at Exclusive Books for the launch of a fascinating book. Musa Kirsch wrote about the Kirsch and Bacher families, where they come from, who they were, with beautiful photos. Each one of us carries so much, and we need so much to be true to who we are, and we are them, and they are us, and we are more. We are so much Sadly, most of us don't access most of our potential in a lifetime. But Hashem was saying to Avraham, Lech Lecha, go. Go forward. Go to become your best self. You carry so much more potential than you begin to realize. And amazingly, Avraham trusted Hashem. And by the age of 75, the age at which he gets this instruction, he was a highly developed human being, philosophical, intellectual. He had proven himself loyal to Hashem. He had passed many tests, amazing, amazing challenges. He was loyal. And now... At the age of 75, what seems unlikely is about to explode, about to happen. What seems far away, untenable, is about to unfold. So Hashem says to him, spread the message of monotheism further afield. Where you have lived, you have done amazingly. Lech lecha. You did it till now to the best of your ability. Wherever Abraham went, he challenged everything he encountered. He challenged paganism in every form. And now he continued, but with a change. There was an instruction from God and he continued to challenge paganism, to spread an awareness of the source of all reality, the real source of anything we see or encounter. And he spread the message of continuous dependence on the one God. These three things. Standing up to society individually and collectively, standing up to idol worship. Teaching, spreading an awareness of where does everything come from? Who is sustaining everything? And the message that we must continuously depend on one God. He lived it. He spoke it. And at the beginning of the Parsha, Hashem speaks to him to go and offers him many, many blessings. And the truth is that to receive these blessings, traveling would not have been indicated. What was he missing at the moment? Mostly children. Here they were. She was 65. He was 75. They yearned for a child. Hashem said, start traveling. Traveling? Shouldn't we stay here, become calm, switch off? Hopefully, we would have a child. Hashem says, you will be blessed with children. And wealth, and fame, and power, and admiration. And naturally, none of these things seem to come to one who just journeys around. You don't have a chance to sit down and really earn and concentrate. You're just all over the place. Similarly with becoming famous. You don't have a chance to kind of settle down and let people know about you. A little bit here, a little bit there. Children, wealth, fame, power, admiration, respect. But Hashem says, go. And Avraham Avinu had this Masira snefesh. Trusting. Trusting God. That if he said so, it can only be so. Don't think, although Avraham was a big thinker. So besides going against the laws of nature, especially with children and wealth and fame, etc., Hashem now starts challenging him along the way. Challenges are going to constantly come up. He was a good person. He was dedicated to Hashem. Why doesn't Hashem row this boat... Together with him, Hashem does, but everything in Hashem's time. As they come into the land, a famine breaks out. And what has to happen? Rachmonis. They have to go to the only place where there is food. And there his beautiful, dear wife, magnificent princess, everything about her was royal. Everything about her was magnificent within and without. And they have a big challenge because she's kidnapped, taken to the palace of the king. And there, it was that she barely escaped being violated by the king. You know, they want to do God's will. But instead of pursuing... Their desire to spread the message of monotheism, to have this revival in Canaan, in the promised land. Abraham is thrust into a bastion of paganism. Egypt. Unbelievable. How ironic. He's ambitious. He's idealistic. And these people, everything he stands for, they belittle, they mock. And he has to ask them for help. He has to ask them for shelter, for food. He's at their mercy. But we see how the story unravels. And ultimately, they're begging him for mercy. And soon after, he returns to the land of Canaan with greater wealth, with a greater reputation, with Hagar. The daughter of Pharaoh who decides it's better, and Pharaoh decided it's better for his daughter to be a maidservant in the home of Abraham, where there were miracles happening all the time, than to be a queen, a princess in the house of Pharaoh. And she becomes the mother of his first child, Ishmael. And obviously, with hindsight, we see how going down was really going up, a regression, was really a stage in Abraham's progression. Of course, a clear lesson to us. We should never be frightened by challenges, God forbid, by the world, by what seems to be reality. There's also a world inside of us. We also have a whole world of personal desires. We have fears. We have worries. We have preconceived ideas and notions, Once we answer Hashem's call, go. And we do it with dedication. We will go, lech lecha, go to ourselves. We will go to deeper levels of ourselves. And capabilities will emerge that will astound us, that we could never imagine we had. And what seems to be going backwards will prove to be an essential part of our growth, our process, to reach higher and higher into the true purpose, our purpose, our godly purpose in life. Nothing that happened deterred Abraham. Practically, what did he have? Well, he had a connection to God, but he had a wife. A wife to whom he was totally dedicated, Sarai, the princess, who was totally dedicated to him. What he dreamed about, she dreamed about. They shared activities to reach out and to uplift and to teach others. His philosophy, he shared it with her. She shared in everything he believed in. And God told him later on, to listen to the inner voice, the godly voice inside of her. They had respect for one another. Each one was a royal, handsome, wise, and their behavior was consistent. No matter what the ups and downs were, everything led them, each of them personally and as a unit, to greater connection with God. And so Hashem says, go, go. Lech Lecha. Hashem says, go to yourself. You have a self that you don't even know you have. You don't even know what you can become. It's in you. Reveal it. Question is, each one of us, we have to ask ourselves, who am I? I'm not just a profession. I'm not just an age. I'm not just a family member. I am an infinite soul. I have infinite higher aspects of self. I have an innate personality that I don't, even, I don't even dream I have. And I have an innate connection to the infinite one who is actually my godly father. How? How did Abraham and Sarah spread divine consciousness? How did they accomplish these impressive things that we are now still marveling at? Initially, they did it in a limited way, from personal convictions and reasoning. And now Hashem says, well done. At the age of 75, go to the person you can become. You've stretched yourself. You've done everything. Abraham lived by the entire Torah. So did Yitzhak Isaac. So did Jacob. The Jewish people, even before the Torah was given, but certainly the patriarchs did everything. However, they were human. They did it to the best of their ability, the best of their revealed limits. But now, with Masiras nefesh, go, With that devotion, putting the truly great heart and intellect aside, not denying it, not ignoring it, but putting it aside, something higher becomes revealed. And in Kabbalah, in Kabbalistic teaching, we have something called Chokhmah, which is the head. It's wisdom. But there's something that's higher than the head. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Meshi only on 101.9 High FM. Although serving God with devotion and understanding that comes the devotion from understanding, there's a higher level. And as wisdom is in the head, the higher level is like the crown on the head. By having Messira snefesh, doing things that are irrational, but things that God has asked us to do, we uncover deeper, new, infinitely higher aspects of our divine personality. You know, often we'll look at someone else and say, I admire, but uh-uh, I could Never. You know, our bobas were naturally refined. The way they spoke, the way they looked at other people, their gentleness, their love. Could we ever be that unconditionally loving, that simply wonderful, with an ease, with a goodness? Yes, but we can only achieve it not with money and wealth and status, We have to, of course, stretch ourselves to earn a living, to be a mensch, but we can achieve greatness with mesiras horatsoin, giving over our will, attaining beyond what we could perceive in our hopes and our dreams. And that's true sovereignty. That's being a child of sara. Sara from the word ruling, srara, nesichus, sovereignty, kingship. Leadership, and Avram, big father, who later became Avraham, but big, but never forgetting, although she was a queen, she was a mother, of Vino Malkenu, and not because she was so beautiful, beautifully dressed, beautifully spoken, wise. Yes, the external is there too, because when there's inner connection, it shines out from the person. You see it physically, but beyond nature, they achieved, as we'll see later in next week's parsha. They get a child, Yitzchak, at an old age, and that child becomes the beyond nature nation. That's us who survive, thrive, contribute beyond nature. How did they achieve it? Yes, Mesir nefesh and the other ingredient, something called chesed, giving. Of course, spiritual giving, where they were teaching. But how did they attract the people? Like the Shabbos project, they had hospitality. When we give to others, even if we're great, as it were, But we stretch to give others what they need. It pleases Hashem so much. And Hashem repays us in the things that we need. And nothing stopped them. Whatever happened, they used every challenge to climb. Knowing that Hashem directs our footsteps, He sets the stage. And in everything they encountered, Their behavior set the stage for the future. Going down into Egypt paved the way for the Jewish nation to be able to go down into Egypt. Coming up out of Egypt with great wealth was a forerunner of what would happen many, many years later. Because we have a teaching. Whatever happened to them would happen to us, collectively as a nation, and individually. But more than that, more than learning from it, or knowing that they already trod the path, like a parent teaches a child through example, it also empowers us. It's in our DNA. If they met the challenge we can too. Down to everything that we own. In the parsha, we find how Abraham gave a tithe. He gave tzedakah. He gave that 10%, as it were. And you know what? From giving that 10%, that he gave a tenth of everything, it actually brings God into every equation. You know, usually we earn money in order to have a comfortable life for ourselves and our families. But when we give away, it actually shows that everything really belongs to Hashem and everything in life has to be used for a holy purpose. Of course, for the family, to improve our lives. But the more we understand and internalize the values of Torah, The more we see that the more we give away, the more we get. When we do those things, now, as we're earning the money, we're saying, if only I would earn more money, I'd be able to give more tzedakah. Our desires and God's desires fuse together. And when we suddenly get money or something that we did not expect, We might not think, there too I have to share with the poor, there too I have to give some away. When Abraham and his men took the spoils of war, he miraculously got all this wealth. He showed that not only what we earn, what we produce ourselves belongs to God because it's a partnership, but anything we get. And Hashem promises to pay us back many, many times over for giving miser, a tenth, a tithe. In fact, he asks us in this mitzvah, please test me. No other mitzvah should we test Hashem say, look, if I do this, will you do that? But with money, Hashem says, test me. Give tzedakah. You will see you will get many times over. Abraham used money to spread Knowledge of God in the world and of God's goodness. When we live caring for others, hospitality and sadoka, that gives us a good name. That makes people understand beyond any doubt that we are someone they might want to emulate. As Hashem said to Abraham in the Parsha, look up at the stars. If you can count them, that's how many your children will be. But you know what? An inner meaning is that each one of us is a star in this world. And by the light that we project, we can help people who are lost at night to find their way. We're here for others. And not does that, that doesn't take away from us. It adds to us. The beautiful story really fits in here. We have to ask ourselves, who are we for Hashem in this world? And the example given is a king who rides out in his royal coach. He can cover a wide area. He can reach even the distant countries or the distant corners of his far spread kingdom. And that way, his subjects can get to know him better. They have a chance to see the king and ask him for all their needs. They can tell him what they need. He can speak to them about what he wants. And obviously, if the king walked on foot, he wouldn't be able to go that far, and not so many people would have the opportunity to ever meet him. But similarly... The king of kings wants his divine presence to be felt not only in heaven, but all over this world, like in the most remote parts of his kingdom. What does that mean? It means in the material world, in ordinary life, in the natural world. In other words, he doesn't just want the angels to know him, not just in heaven, but people on earth should recognize Everything is from Hashem constantly. How can godliness be spread throughout the world? So Hashem made a wagon. Hashem made a vehicle. He chose our nation. Initially it was supposed to be all of humanity, but he chose us to be his wagon. And for this purpose he gave us his Torah, his teachings, his mitzvahs. And when we study Torah, which is God's wisdom... And we do mitzvahs that are his will. We bring his presence down to earth. And since all the mitzvahs are connected with something physical, something earthly like tzitzit, made of wool, tefillin, made of leather, Shabbos candles made of wax, when we live with those things, food that can be kosher, what happens is, We make the ordinary things into a mitzvah, into something holy. So when we live Jewishly and we behave according to Torah, we give tzedakah, we do all the mitzvahs, we spread the light of godliness on earth. What an honor, what a privilege, what a responsibility. We pull God's wagon. We are God's wagon. And it started with Avraham Avinu, who began to travel. With great, great devotion, it continues that wherever in the world the Jews have ever lived on earth, and it hasn't always been easy, they have been God's wagon. And Hashem promises great blessings if we become God's wagon. Children, wealth, respect, admiration, fame, fortune all kinds of things but why not just so that we would have them but we wouldn't be worried and we'd be able to dedicate ourselves without worrying about anything and so I'm going to share with you something beautiful that I received and with that we will end something very very beautiful are you listening this little boy and his father, visited a country store. That's how they had, in the outlying regions, they had a little store. And when they had finished shopping and they were about to leave, the shopkeeper says to the child, he says, Here, take a handful of sweets. He offered him some free sweets. The child just stood there looking up at his father. So the owner said it again. No, my child, take. It's free. The boy doesn't move. He keeps looking at his father. Finally, the father reaches into the the candy jar, takes a big handful of sweets and gives it to the son. So they're now on their way home. The father stops and he says to his son, The man offered you sweets. Why didn't you just take? With a big smile on his face, the boy said, Because I know that your hand is bigger than mine. So whatever our needs are, let's put them into the hand of our infinite Father in heaven because his hand is infinitely bigger than ours. May we all be blessed with all the joyful blessings promised to Avraham Avinu in this joyful Parsha of this joyful week. Good Shabbos.